Welcome to Writer Writer Pants on Fire, where authors talk about things that never happened to people who don't exist. We also cover craft, the agent hunt, query trenches, publishing industry, marketing, and more. I'm your host, Mindy McGinnis. You can check out my books and social media at mindymcginnis.com. And make sure to visit the Writer Writer Pants on Fire blog for additional interviews, query critiques, and more at writerwriterpantsonfire.com. If the blog or podcast have been helpful to you, or if you just enjoy listening, please consider donating. Visit writerwriterpantsonfire.com and click support the blog and podcast in the sidebar. Today's guest is Shala Hebbets, founder of Think Media and author of What's Working Now? You-Centric Marketing. Shala joined me today to talk about her philosophy of how to reach consumers using you-centric marketing. Don't miss Day Zero, the exhilarating new novel from Kelly DeVos, featuring a fierce, bold heroine who will fight for her family and do whatever it takes to survive. Fans of Susan Beth Pfeiffer's Life As We Knew It series and Rick Yancey's The Fifth Wave will cheer for this fast-paced, near-future thrill ride. Day Zero by Kelly DeVos. You are the author of What's Working Now? You-Centric Marketing. I wanted to talk a little bit today about your background and how you came about to be in a position to write a book about marketing in the first place. I've been working in the advertising and marketing space for 20 years. I've worked with big brands, Hershey's, Anheuser-Busch, Apple, Visa. And what I really discovered in my time is that it's about the sort of shifting customer and the shifting behaviors of the customer. Because of that, because of those sort of ongoing shifts and changes, I started realizing that so often we're focused on the tactic. We're focused on, oh, we need to use paid search or we need to do influencer marketing or whatever the case may be. And the truth of the matter is there is a product and a service for everything. There's just a proliferation of them. Smart brands understand that it's really about the customer and connecting with the customer. That's the only way that you're really going to break through the noise. So that philosophy and that mindset and me just seeing that firsthand led me to say, you know, I need to educate people that we need to do things differently because we're not back in the day when it wasn't a crowded space and it it wasn't packed with similar product. That notion of we've got to do things a little differently is really what made me think I've got to share my experience with others. Mm -hmm. You talk about similar product. That's something that as a consumer, I'm often just overwhelmed by. So for example, I go to buy half a gallon of milk, right? And there is a wall of milk for me to choose from. (laughs) It's all milk. I mean, it's milk. I don't understand as someone that also does marketing of their own product. I'm standing there thinking, how does one type of milk stand out from the other? What makes this milk the milk I'm going to buy? That's exactly the impetus, right? And, And that's what every consumer feels in every single market, in every single category. You know, I read something recently that said that if I wanted to go onto Amazon and buy a, a woman's scarf as a, you know, a holiday gift, as an example, I would have over 200,000 options of scarves. That's insane. So your milk, right? Isn't that crazy? 
So your milk experience is exactly what customers feel every single day. And we get overwhelmed by this sort of seemingly similar products, massive proliferation everywhere, the constant, what about us? What about us? What about us? We're better. And the consumer just tunes it out because Mm -hmm. we feel like we don't know which one to go with. And I think that's the big miss. Brands think that if they just shout how great they are, that the customer is going to hear that. And we can't possibly hear that because everybody's shouting that. That's true. If that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. Because as someone that obviously is a consumer, but also thinks about marketing and how I'm going to market myself as a writer my podcast, my book, myself, because I am myself a brand, that's all very intimidating. So we talk about brand, and that's a big byword in marketing, of course, but you have a different take on how to connect with the consumers. So can you can explain a little bit more about your philosophy on the you-centric marketing and how to market effectively? Yes, absolutely. You know, I think it really boils down to this notion of we are in this space where, yes, of course, the brand is important. The vibe that you give off, the essence of your brand, your voice, all of those things are important. So sometimes when I talk about eccentric marketing, I get this look like you're basically saying my brand is invaluable. And that's actually the exact opposite of what I'm saying. I really want to emphasize, of course, the brand is a valuable asset. You put all this time and effort and energy into your brand. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't resonate with the customer, and if it doesn't feel like it's personal to them or personally alignment with their goals and aspirations and their motivations, then It's just more brand speak. Yeah. And so the concept is we're nuanced, right? As customers, we're nuanced. We're multifaceted. There are many things that are influencing our time, our focus, our energy. And if brands really want to be effective, they need to really step back and understand their customer and say, how can I connect personally in a way with this customer where they say, ha, this brand gets me. Mm Mm-hmm. This is what I need. And so the notion of youth-centric marketing is exactly that, right? It's about you, the customer, what matters to you, the customer. And if me as a brand can connect with you in a way that feels very unique to you and your needs, then you're going to be loyal to me. And then ultimately that brand is going to pay for itself because the brand is going to be the thing that drives the conversion. But if you're not connecting with me personally in a way that I actually care about, I'm never going to get to the point of the conversion because you're not speaking to me. That's interesting and so true because, again, going back to the milk, we are attracted to things that speak to who we are as a person. So I am a farmer's daughter. I live in the country. I'm from the Midwest. When I'm looking at the milk, I'm not necessarily going to look for the cheapest, I'm probably going to look for something organic. I'm going to look for something Mm -hmm. that has no probiotics. Let's take it to eggs. I'm probably going to look for cage-free eggs and things like that. Just because of my own personality and the things that I feel and my own behaviors. When you're talking about this youth-centric marketing, are you talking about kind of finding that person that Midwestern farmer's daughter and saying, I'm the milk for you. That's a perfect example because really, you know, at the end of the day, there's all these things like you just referenced, right? Your background factors in 
you, what you value. I value, you value organic, you value cage-free, what you value, your attitudes towards them. Maybe it's also, I want to feel good about the purchase that I'm making. Maybe it's also, oh, this one gives back a percentage of their proceeds to this charity. These are all the drivers, right, of why you make the purchasing decisions that you make. And none of them are, well, I sure do like the label of the milk. Right. You know, I mean, maybe it's that, but it's really about why does this matter to me? Why am I seeking out this product? And it's data that we have that we understand or that we can get through zero party data. But it's also just really paying attention to this customer and saying, I know you've got these things that you value and these attitudes and these influences. They could even be generational influences, mm -hmm. social issue influences. We know you have these other pieces. So how do I break through the noise and say, you know what, we understand you and we're the milk for you because we know what you're looking for. We know what you value. And it's a harder marketing piece, right? It's not easy to necessarily do it that way. But at the end of the day, if you feel like that, if you feel like this milk is speaking to your needs, what matters to you, you're going to buy that milk all the time. Mm -hmm. It's how do I now move away from the sort of features and benefits that brands get stuck into all the time and really instead say, let's really understand the customer and what's driving the customer to make this purchase. Coming up, how authors can translate you-centric marketing into their approach. Two years ago, a pack of teens murdered Leah's father on the streets of Chicago. While the city blamed gang violence, Leah's hell-bent on proving the attack was targeted. But the closer Leah gets to uncovering the mastermind who organized it, the more likely she'll become their next victim. Inspired by Chicago's real-life flash mob violence, Every Stolen Breath by Kimberly Gabriel is a fast-paced, immersive thriller which looks at just how hard one girl will fight back against the crowd, knowing any breath might be her last. Writers have to handle a double-edged sword in that we generally work in isolation. We're not all social butterflies. Yeah. Some of us are better at it than others. But social media, particularly, and marketing that goes along with it is a must for anyone who's looking to expand their reader base or even make a splash at all. So do you have any tips specifically for writers about how to use social media or which platforms are the most writer friendly or any kind of tips about how to turn an online audience into page turning readers? I think the biggest benefit for writers, right, is that you're a writer. Everything in this day and age is about the content that you put out. And that's also what makes people resonate with your message. For writers, even though oftentimes, as you said, maybe they're not front and center, they don't want to be out in front of everybody. The truth of the matter is, is that the fact that they're a writer is such a huge asset. So doing things like maybe using video to talk about the inspiration behind your book or a little deeper dive on what you're trying to articulate with this character and the development. Or maybe it's just how you got motivated to write a book. But I think utilizing those little behind the scenes, personal aspects of yourself through video in particular, because video is just naturally engaging, but also because you can do it 14 times in your own room. But I think those type of elements of like, tell those little pieces of your story, share them with video, put them out on Facebook. I mean, Facebook is probably your best friend just because of the reach, if nothing else, and the brand awareness. That's what consumers today want, right? They want to feel like they're connected with you. It's back to the whole notion of this youth-centric 
marketing element is if I feel like I know a little bit about you as an author and I feel like I understand a little bit of the behind the scenes, a little bit of the real world, the real life, I'm going to see how that applies to my life. Oh, I feel that way too. I, I, I love the fact that this author was maybe a little nervous to get out and talk about their book, or I love that they're telling me a little bit more about the character that I would not get in the pages of the book. So authenticity and really showcasing who you are in a very approachable way, and then taking those pieces and, you know, obviously doing it so that it's not lengthy and you're not doing, you know, a dissertation, you're picking out these snippets that are the most interesting, and then you're pushing it across a platform like Facebook but I think those are the pieces that authors can really utilize to their benefit is getting out there, showing who they are and telling those pieces of the story that the reader wouldn't otherwise know. And it's interesting too, you're talking about connecting as writers, we have the unique position where we don't have just a 20 seconds advertisement. We have if we can get them to pick it up, a book to connect to our readers with that could be taking up four to six hours of their time, could take up two to three days, could take a week. If we can get them to pick up that book, everything that's in the book is in itself a piece of marketing. We're selling who we are. We're selling that story. We're selling our brand in a way, especially if you uh, write genre and you stick in one. I think it's an interesting idea. The book itself then is just you forming a greater, deeper, more intricate relationship with the consumer. Right. Right. We're in this day and age of technology everywhere. But at the end of the day, I think that technology actually lends itself to more of a notion of how do I really connect with somebody? I want to be emotionally connected to somebody. I want to feel like they matter to me and that I matter to them. And that's why the power of social media to make those connections and to share those insights and then utilize that book and all of those different pieces, right? And repurpose it and pull out snippets and, hey, here's a little tip that you might not have known, or this was my inspiration, or I, those type of things are the things that people really, they want that. If they're going to invest in your book, they want to know who you are and what were the driving elements because that just creates more of a, a direct relationship between you and the reader. Talking again about the aspect of the writer themselves, this individual, all of us yes. have different hats that we put on, or at least I do. So it's like the writer self is different from who I am as a person, when I put myself out socially in front of people, you're automatically an entertainer of sorts. And so mm -hmm. you're having to kind of adapt to that. Some writers do that. Some people don't. Some are more socially capable than others. So if you're not one that is good at that physical presence, the physicality of an entertainer, like you're saying, you have that ability to use video something that you can shoot it again and again until you're happy with it. A lot of people aren't even aren't comfortable being on camera. So like what are other elements? What are other ways to have an impact if you are more dedicated to that written word rather than the spoken? 
it's a quandary a little bit. Where we are in the space and time is that that's sort of a really important piece to the promotion and to be a successful marketer is to sort of get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think if you really are just absolutely reluctant and you just feel like you're just going to be ineffective at it, I think there's so many things that you can do with memes where maybe you're pulling out a snippet from the book or maybe you're giving a little, here's the insider's view of this book and here's the exclusive look. Gives you this notion that you're getting some inside skinny on this book. So I think you can do things with things like memes or you can do some really interesting photography or maybe you want to showcase one of your readers, Mm. right? I mean, user content is so powerful, right? Because it's real. Maybe it's, hey, I don't really want to put myself out there, but I'd love to get 10 readers that would share with me their insights. And I'd like to promote you out on my social media pages. I'd like you to share with me your takeaway. Maybe you interview the consumer of your book. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to sort of showcase different angles through somebody else. But I think at the end of the day, there is also that need to really step into your greatness. If I'm going to go for this, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever to get my book out there because I know I've got something of value to share. And that might mean that I've got to push myself and grow and stretch in ways that I don't want to, but ultimately it's going to benefit me. I like what you're saying too about user-generated content because it's true, especially on Instagram, for example, there's a whole culture of bookstagrammers out there. Use your book, tag you in it. When you repost it, they're so flattered And they're so excited that you reposted their content. And at the same time, it's like, you're doing me a favor. You just gave me something, free content, right? Right. And it's a win-win. I think the the notion, just as you're saying, the notion of work tapping into this influencer marketing aspect of it, especially through things like Instagram, where you can find these people, you can connect with these people. You know, you can say, I'd love it if you did something on my book and I'd love to share it out. It's that ultimate partnership that you can create with some people who've already got a little bit of a platform and they don't have to have a huge platform, right? right? They can be a micro influencer, but it still gives you that credibility. It still gives you that credence. It gives you that promotion. You can really maximize that because again, people gravitate towards influencers because they feel a personal connection to the influencer. And that's why they're so impactful because they're like, well, she's making this recommendation on this book and I just love her and she's amazing and anything she says, I'm in. That's exactly why influencer marketing is so powerful. And I think it's a, a tremendous tool for writers to utilize to really move the needle on their marketing efforts. And that's a great tip for those that are unsure about how to create their own content, especially getting started watching what other people are doing, especially if they're using your material, you're absolutely right that it's a win-win. For sure. That's also how you set up a better partnership too. The notion of how do I help you and you help me and we do this sort of together and it's not just this transactional relationship. It's a true partnership. And I think influencers love that because they're so often approached by this notion of like, well, we'll pay you this much and you do this. And mm-hmm. and then we just want you to put it out there along with 40 others instead of, I really value you. And I really think that you've got an incredible audience and I'd love to share this amazing book with your incredible audience and figure out how can we make this beneficial to both of us. Yeah. And I think influencers would 
all over with that approach. They'd be thrilled with it. Now, another issue that comes, I think, for pretty much any artist at this point is the amount mm -hmm. of free and streaming content that's out there. There's so much. How does yeah. a writer specifically convince a consumer that what they're offering is worth paying money for? You know, I think about this a lot. I pay for the New York Times, and it's because I value the news and the detailed analysis that I get from the New York Times. At the same time, I don't have a subscription to the Denver Post mm. because I don't value it. Back to that overarching thought process of what is valuable to your customer, to your target audience, when they see that there's something unique and interesting and engaging with this content, then they're going to be willing to pay for it. I think where the struggle really comes in is when it's a lot of the sort of me too, I've got the same general concept or the, mm -hmm. you know, here's another book that's part of the 500 other books you've ever read. Then that does become a struggle. It doesn't feel that valuable. It feels like just one of many. Yeah. But the more that you can highlight that value and what you're telling and your story and what you're bringing to the table and why it is important then I think the paid piece kind of goes out the window because the customer feels like they're really getting something that's unique and interesting. That's that bridge that you have to build with them. That just begins with trust and then taking interest in you and moving forward from there. Exactly. And it's a slower process than we sometimes want to think. When you build that trust and that partnership with your, with your reader base, it's not fast proving that value again and again and again and, and showing that you're worthy of their attention. And I think that piece is something that we, we tend to live in this society because we, everything is so fast, right? I can jump on Amazon and I can get my product shipped to me immediately that we think that everything is like that. But mm -hmm. marketing takes time. <laughs> it takes, you know, stick-to-itiveness. Yeah. It takes knowing that it's take a while before you get the eyeballs, but you're going to get the eyeballs if you stay after it and you stay committed to it and don't think of it as, well, I'm just going to do this for a little while and then I'm going to stop. No, it's constantly building that brand and reinforcing that brand and reconnecting and showing that you're worthy of their time and attention. It's a huge part of your day. I mean, every day you have to be doing something that is part of marketing and a lot of writers don't like to hear that, but it's true. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, and I think that there's this thought process. I had a friend one time that said to me that she wanted to write a book, but she wanted to just give it to a publisher and let them do all the heavy lifting. Right. Certainly there's those books that do get tons of publisher promotion, but they're much more few and far between. And even them, at some point, they're going to come back and be like, okay, <laughs> we've pushed this out. Now you maintain it. Right. Now exactly. you keep it going. Yes, you will have to be a marketer at one point. So why don't For you sure. let our listeners know where they can find your book? So we've got it available. It's on Amazon, What's Working Now, Eucentric Marketing. It's also on our website, thinkmediaconsult.com. And um, we are doing a 25% off. We have a free ebook on influencer marketing that is also available on our website, thinkmediaconsult.com. Writer, Writer, Pants on Fire is produced by Mindy McGinnis. Music by Jack Corbel. 
Don't forget to check out the blog for additional interviews, writing advice, and publication tips at writerwriterpantsonfire.com. If the blog or podcast have been helpful to you, or if you just enjoy listening, please consider donating. Visit writerwriterpantsonfire.com and click support the blog and podcast in the sidebar.